The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with caller interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living with Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. And my name is Dr. Mona Lisa. This is the essential guide to bloating distension or the alphabet of digestive symptoms. I'm going to show you the mind, body, and medical intuitive solutions to creating a healthy digestion. There is a huge, rich connection between digestion and intuition. If you have a hyperactive digestion, if you have a hyperactive digestive symptom, chances are you have a hyperactive intuition. And with that, you're probably an anxious and nervous thing because people are nervous, uh, hypervigilant intuition. They're like, oh my God, oh my God, I can pick this up. Something's going to happen. So of course you're nervous because you think you can prevent it and you can't. Intuition does not prevent bad things from happening. They don't. You just have this quirky, porous, sensitive, hypervigilant wiring, hypervigilant wiring in your limbic system, the amygdala and the insula that can have a warped sense of time and space that the distance between you and someone else is infinitesimally small. It's connected to the mirror neurons, the parietal lobe, which has to do with space, believe it or not, space is the final frontier. And here we look at the supermarginal gyrus, which has to do with what you're feeling, I can feel. What you're, I'm feeling, perhaps you can feel. So the so-called empath, I can't say that phrase because it's such global, it's like saying, we're the meteor lands on Earth. <laughs> How's that help you? It doesn't. Suffice it to say, when you're feeling pain or something bad's going to happen to you, I can feel it. And since space is warped, because what's going on with you all the way over there, I can feel it. Space is minimized. And so is time, because time and space are interrelated. Look up Einstein, comma, see also E equals MC squared, energy equals matter converted. Took me a while to figure that out. I kept writing it over and over and over again. The point of the matter is, then if the distance between you and your mother or you and your child is evaporated so you can feel what they're feeling, then there's no time. So therefore, that's the essence of intuition, the universal umbilical cord. So you can feel ahead of time what might be going on with somebody. This is, this is in the orbital frontal area, the limbic system, the amygdala. The amygdala is connected to our, drum roll please, somewhere I have a bell. The GI tract, that's right. An area between the stomach and the small intestine called the uncus. If you have a hyperactive 
bonding area, mirror neuron area, you're more likely to have headaches, seizures, and be a hell of an intuitive, possibly a professional intuitive, possibly even a saint. There are studies on people who have religious experiences. They don't say spiritual experiences because that's not the way scientists state it. They say religious. You have to be on the West Coast to use the word um, spiritual. But anyway, make a long story short. If you have a hyperactive area in the brain for religious experience, you're more likely to have migraine headaches and epilepsy. And those people are also more likely to have these events where the GI tract stops working. They get constipated and obstructed and their abdomens distend. That's why today's t-shirt is the double Mona Lisa. Yep, it's like you are two people. And you know, I keep trying to show that to the camera, but this camera on this new computer keeps adjusting to my face when it moves. So, you know, that's ridiculous. But believe it or not, there are two Mona Lisas. I'm going to try it again because I'm going to try to beat the camera. See it? I beat it. Bastards. Anyway, make a long story short. You look at your abdomen after you intuitively keyed in to someone's upsetness. So you get anxious because you feel pain. Now the whole thing's all messed up. It's all jacked up. When you feel somebody else's pain, you look down and your abdomen looks like the Queen Mary. In fact, you look like you've got a double birth there, okay? Because you feeling your distress in somebody else's jacks up the electrical wiring of that area and it goes down to your gut and it changes the electrical the electricity, the neuron, the neuronal pathways to your stomach and small intestine. It changes how things move and you're more likely to get constipated. It stops or something called gastroparesis where all of a sudden you feel like you got an inner tube underneath your rib cage. How many people here think about it? Oh my God, that sounds like me. After I eat, nothing moves, nothing moves. Or I got this thing, it looks like I'm pregnant, but I'm not. Well, number one, I'm not pregnant. I know this. It would be the divine conception. However, second of all, I'm thin. I got these thin arms, these thin legs, and I look like I swallowed a water balloon. What's fascinating in social media, I work really hard to advertise things in social media. And I advertise these shows. And certain things get, you know, people to click and get a lot of uh, response. But when I, I tried to advertise this show, I thought, oh, okay. The, you know, a lot of people complain about bloating, the bloat, the bloat, you know, Levi's, how they fit, you know, or jeans or whatever. But I show a picture of a bloated abdomen. Oh my God, no one wants to look at it because that's what they see in the mirror. I said to myself, oh my God, no one's going to click on it. I was stunned. I thought that everybody would click on the damn thing. No, they don't want to because they're horrified. I thought, I, I was stunned. Finally, I said, the hell with it. I'll just put a cartoon and call it a day. Now, I thoroughly researched this of all the reasons why this might happen. Now, I want you to know this is an area that's near and dear to my heart because I have this problem and I did everything. And I know people who do everything. They eat little, they exercise a lot, they eat no gassy foods, and there's lots of names for them, um, LMOP whatever it is, which means I'm avoiding cabbage, okay? <laughs> I mean, they have not some fancy new names for it, but essentially I'm not eating gassy foods, LMOP or things like that. You'll also learn that various natural artificial sweeteners don't work either. They stop your bowel motility. 
it doesn't work. Uh, everything. You learn that the menstrual cycle makes it worse. Too much progesterone makes it worse. When you get upset, it makes it worse. Walking makes it better. Doing stairs makes it better. If you go to Disney World and you walk all over the place, it makes it better. Someone walks on your stomach, it makes it better. Someone does massage where they move your bowel around, that makes it better. But what the hell is it? Someone tells you it's gluten, which they used to call wheat. All of a sudden, they call it gluten, which I'm amazed. In the 80s, we called it wheat allergy, wheat intolerance. So I call it wheat. But now everything's gluten. I find that amazing. Someone will go, well, it's because it's the protein on the kernel. I don't care. I call it wheat. But then it was dairy because some people are lactose intolerant. So I take lactose pills. Then somebody came up with all the microbiome and the lactobacillus and getting the right kind of blend of bacteria, which is like saying I get the right kinds of blend of people on the plane or in the hotel, did that. And none of that works because what you're focusing on is just the contents in the hose. The hose is your digestive tract. You're just focusing on the water, the contents. But you're missing one very important thing. Do you know what it is? Let's just say your digestive tract is a straw. Okay? And... There's lots of different things that you can suck in a straw. You can do your basic water, orange juice. You do a milkshake or what we call in Rhode Island cabinets. I still don't know why we call them cabinets in Rhode Island, but we call milkshakes cabinets. And so on and so on. And some people will say, well, you know, there's an interaction between certain foods and the straw, so my straw will distend and I can't digest things. That may be. However, if something gets stuck in the straw and it can't come out, constipation, or something runs out of the straw very rapidly, despite the fact that you're controlling how you drink out of the straw, then you have to ask yourself, is it really the juice? Or is it something wrong with how the straw is constructed? Or the muscle in which you are sucking out of the straw, the, mo the, the neurological component, the muscle. And I submit to you, you're ignoring the muscle. You're just focusing on, on what you're drinking out of the straw. You're just focusing on, is it wheat? Is it dairy? Is it gluten? Is it, how much bacteria does it have in it? Do I have, are there any, um, um, Pests, what do they call them? Bugs or uh, pests, uh, not, you know, things that are in the water in Mexico. When really they did a study on some group of people in, I think, Colombia or something, um, parasites. Thank you, um, Wanda, Bowering. Parasites. When they, they know the sect in like Colombia of these people who live very well, who have a couple of parasites that produce a mild inflammation in their bowel that has reduced their incidence of heart disease. So they live longer. <laughs> they live longer because a certain amount of inflammation is good. It's good. You know the whole thing about the hygiene principle. When you're too clean, you're more likely to get autoimmune illnesses like asthma and stuff like that. Your bowel is supposed to be with dirt. And if you over-sterilize it with antibiotics, what do you get? C. diff, Clostridia difficile. So what is the solution to that? You eat feces, the fecal transplant. So the very thing you were thinking, oh my God, I can't eat that stuff. It's bad. It's not good for me. I'm allergic to it. Are you crazy? That which you resist persists. So if you've tried all those elimination diets, if you've done a bowel cleanse, I want you to consider... <laughs> another way of looking at it. Let me go down the list of all the reasons why you might have bowel problems, including picking up 
other people's, intuitively, other people's pain. And if that's you, you literally have to learn how mindfulness, dialectic behavioral training, how to observe, describe, allow, because you're carrying it responsibility in your gut. In your gut, you're carrying it around. And somewhere around around you, when you get bigger, when you become double, I guarantee you there's someone around you who's not carrying responsibility. You're carrying it for them. So look around, look around. There's usually someone with addiction who smokes, who drinks, who doesn't pay their bills, doesn't clean or pay their bills and you do it for them. And the longer something stays in your bowel, I guarantee you gain weight. You will eat less and less. You'll gain more and more weight because the more something stays in your gut, the more likely it is to be absorbed especially if it's above your belly button, your stomach, and your small intestine. Don't you just hate that? Because here you are eliminating all this food, and yet you're still gaining weight, not just a constipation, but you're absorbing the nutrients. That's just a kick in the pants. But let's go down the list, a kick in the gut, actually. Let's go down the list very rapidly before we do readings. Once was sitting at Christmas for a guy who was a race driver won the Indianapolis 500. He's sitting there putting the model together. And he had gotten in an accident, a hell of an accident, got a brain injury, but he got a fractured spine. Thoraco-lumbar spine. He's sitting there, and I thought it was just me. Incidentally, scoliosis, scoliosis. Problem, Chinese medicine knows this. Because if you have a curvature of your spine, it changes the innervation of the gut. Period. End of story. Because you're like, why would that be? If I just ended it with because. No. Because the neck and the lumbar sacral area is parasympathetic, which means the bowel relaxes so the food can be pushed forward. However, the pushing mechanism of the muscle in the straw, your bowel, is sympathetic. And that, my dear, is thoracic and the beginning of the lumbar. So if you've injured a part of your back and most of them are lumbar sacral, you've injured the parasympathetic, which is the relaxed function, which is more likely for you to get, you've got it, constipation in the lower areas. And they're like, well, they tell me it was weak muscles. I know, I know, but it's both. Therefore, you cannot push things out. And I understand this pelvic floor involvement, but trust me, I know this. Because I work with the pelvic floor up and down the driveway, up and down the driveway, and don't even bring up the sphincter, okay? Because them are fighting words. I work with it, and I proved with someone who, you know, we're not even going to get into that, but I proved. I said I did pelvic floor so much the exercises that I could go to it. It was at the time we were in the Olympics in Atlanta, I mean, Brazil. I said... I didn't come all the way out here at Mayo Clinic to get evaluated for you to tell me it was my pelvic floor for anybody who else has had this problem. It's your pelvic floor. So you do those exercises and it doesn't help. For this guy who got in the accident in Indianapolis 500, he had constipation, abdominal distension. He had a fractured spine in his lumbar sacral area. Parasympathetic, he had increased spastic colon, which is what we used to call it. Now we call it IBSC. Got it? I hate these new B-I-B, B-I-B. I call it alphabet digestive problems. Got it? Let's just call it what it is, constipation. Or diarrhea. Or how about mixed mixtures of diarrhea and constipation? They call it depression or pseudomania or mixed mood states. <laughs> we just mix it up. But I don't like the initials. It, for people who are dyslexic, it confuses us. Suffice it to say, it's also going to confuse you when you find the solutions. I guarantee you. Because if there are only initials involved, you know what it's going to be? They're going to be medications. Or they're going to make you only think of solutions. And that's not it. Because now when you think nerves, you go, oh my God. 
Guess who else could have a problem? Diabetics. Leading cause of diabetes type 2 is obesity. So we think, hey, listen, all that abdominal distension, you're just too fat. <laughs> no, it's not that. Because diabetes, diabetics get neuropathy, autonomic neuropathy. Got it? And guess what? The autonomic nervous system in diabetics affects their feet. And the autonomic nervous system affects the bowel. And they're more likely to get bowel problems. Think of how many people have diabetes. We know this now because when we had the insulin problems, everybody, nobody could get insulin. Insulin, insulin. And now, of course, the drug companies are all looking good because they're lowering the prices of insulin. You go. Rah. Anyway, my point is, if you knew a lot of that abdominal distension and neuropathic feet, they're related. It's neurological. How about meds? Steroids. A lot of people with autoimmune problems, asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, they take steroids. This should give you a hint. Steroids mess up your bowel function. How else do you get steroids? I always want to sing the Jeopardy song because it's like, answer the final question, please. You get steroids when you get stressed, when you're intuitively picking up someone else's pain, or you're upset about something, angry, frustrated, or nervous. It goes to your adrenal gland. Your adrenal gland takes your fat and releases steroids. So you could be taking steroids for joints, asthma, or you could be releasing your own steroids when you're in distress. So the next thing they say, hey, you know, your abdomen is messed up because you're stressed. You should say back to your physician, nurse practitioner, whoever you mean, you mean I'm releasing endogenous steroids as if I was being treated for an autoimmune illness? Let's be specific. So I need to find out why I'm releasing them because I either cannot express my own emotions or I'm picking up somebody else's pain. Therefore, I need to learn how to express them and handle when I'm intuitively picking up other people's distress. See, I'm not giving you a solution. I'm slipping it in there, slipping it in. How many people have ADD? Well, I don't. It's obvious. People are thinking, if she doesn't have ADD, I'll eat my hat. I'll eat my sombrero. I'll eat my, I don't know, just whatever you have on your head. Anyway, I have ADD or ADHD. And if you take a stimulant, if you take a stimulant, of course, now we know. You know, you're smart. You've been listening. You've been taking notes or you're just one of those natural people that can absorb information. Good for you. I bow to you. If you take stimulants, you it's like having a hyperactive sympathetic nervous system. So you have too much epinephrine, too much sympathetic and not enough relaxation, parasympathetic. Therefore, you're more likely to have constipation. Capiche? However... If you did too much coffee, you could have the same. And people who sometimes take too much coffee, it is a cathartic. They get diarrhea. Got it? See how much you've learned in a quick short period of time? So if you have spastic colon with intermittent diarrhea and constipation, you, and you need to take coffee because if you can't, what is it, John? You can't get to sleep, stay asleep, or get up in the morning, or your sleep is messed up. Limit yourself to one cup of Java in the morning. That's it. You're cut off. Did you get it? Because you have to regulate your arousal and meaning stimulus, meaning epinephrine. And don't answer troubling phone calls at night because in the morning, we have a circadian rhythm for bowel movements. In the morning, at 9.30 in the morning, our cycle in our brain says the hatch 
like flushing the toilet, open the hatch. <laughs> and at night, at 1030 at night, inhibits it. So you don't mess up the sheets, apparently. I guess the universe, God, or whatever created the mechanism said, hey, listen, these people are not going to mess up their sheets when they sleep in the prairie or the huts or whatever. So we can't be having that happen after night. So morning, yes, on the way to work, you know, but not at night. We don't want to mess up the sheets or the sleeping bags or the grass huts or whatever that is. Suffice it to say, think about all those people in those hospitals or wherever who did, wait for it, nighttime enemas. Do you remember that? Remember Sybil? The movie, the mother straps up the apparatus. We're going to have an enema at night. Don't you know anything about circadian rhythms, Missy? <laughs> Wrong. You're working away from, you're working against your circadian rhythm. By the way, in your stomach, you have a toilet flusher mechanism. So in the morning, just like cortisol, you should have a bigger breakfast, the biggest lunch, and the smallest dinner. Why? Because if you put a big breakfast in, it triggers a flush mechanism in your stomach. It's called the gastrocolic reflex or the flusher mechanism. Have you ever given a dog breakfast or a cat breakfast? Do you know what happens? What's the first thing they do? Boom. And while we're at it, okay, that's the first thing. There's a circling mechanism and then... And then last but not least, motility. I got a whole list of things here, but I, we don't have time. But in your readings, I'll bring it up. If you don't move gravity up and down, up and down, up and down, you're not going to go to the bathroom. So if you have back problems, if you have scoliosis, if you have these medicines, if you have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, a collagen problem that the fibers of the between the muscles don't work, more likely to have this problem. Scleroderma, amyloid. Um, Parkinson's disease doesn't make the, the nerves sometimes not a certain type of Parkinson's disease. Um, endometriosis, scar tissue in your pelvis can choke the bottle and make it not work. Um, all of these things can make it harder for the nerves not to work. But you know, they did an exhaustive study. I love this. Nobody really wants to understand why. We're just going to give a list of foods and go, don't do this. The majority of the people in the South are going to go, oh, okay. <laughs> They're going to eat these things. Fried chicken. Cabbage, orange, orange juice. Those are two different categories. Pizza, peppers, onions. That's tomato sauce. All that was one category. You understand? We got to separate those. Lettuce, coffee, salsa, broccoli, bacon, roast beef. All these things are bad for the bowel. You wouldn't want to cluster them into finding out now, why would that be? I could figure out the cabbage and I can figure out the coffee. The chicken, the fried chicken. <laughs> You want to think about what your mechanism is behind your gut problem. Don't go to a GI doctor and get the list of things and go, I can't take any of this stuff. Because after you eliminate all that stuff, you go, didn't work. You want to find the mechanism behind your bowel problem. Find out what intuition is keyed into it. Because one digestive problem is not all. Do you get it? I guarantee you, everybody who eats fried chicken, when they stop, their digestive problem is not going to go away. And you know it. And all of Italy, if they stopped eating pizza, <laughs> the digestive problems in the entire country would not go away. With the orange, the, the sausage, the pizza, the peppers, the onions, and the tomato sauce. This is ridiculous because that would mean that in the entire country of Italy, there would be an epidemic of digestive problems and there aren't. So that is insane. So I want, that actually is my argument that if you think 
that digestive problems are just because of the food, then you're thinking that feet problems, podiatry problems are what you step on <laughs> or what your shoes are. And that's ridiculous. Podiatry problems, foot problems can be about your back, your ankle, genetics, osteoporosis. It's insane. It can be a muscular problem. It can be a neurological problem. To think that digestive problems are just about food is insane. But that is what most people think. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. And we've been talking about the essential intuitive guide to bloating and distension. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you don't want to call, uh, get a reading right now, go to the website to get a two-hour private reading. Go to www.drmonalisa or call 207-846-6475. But remember, this forum is educational only and not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give a diagnosis, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. If you have an immediate problem right now, get away from the Zoom, go to an emergency room, immediately to an emergency room. I'm live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. West Coast time, Dr. Monalisa One, or Facebook, Wednesday, 4.30 p.m. We will go to put the phone back on the hook. I want to tell you something as I cannot reach the phone. Hold on one second. Oh. I couldn't do it. Um, somebody called me last week. I now do readings, private readings only for two hours now because I got annoyed by screaming, this is not the one hour reading. Because this woman calls me and people have been calling me for one hour readings when they've been having their problems for like 20, 30 years. They seem practitioner, practitioner. And um, it's insane. So they want me to go through all of this. And at the end of the reading, they go, now, concerning my hormonal replacement, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. But this woman calls me, is on hormone replacement. And she says, but I only have a problem with my left knee. Can we just talk about my left knee? It was that. Now you're going to say, now what does this have to do with digestion? That was it. That was it. And the reason why it was, have you ever heard that kid's songs left can the knee is connected to the ankle bone and the ankle bone is connected to the foot bone. Well, first of all, from this class podcast, you've learned that digestive problems are brain problems. And that's a whole branch of medicine now called neurogastroenterology. Just like there's a pacemaker in the heart there's a pacemaker in the gut. What's funny is that when you have a digestive tract problem, you want to focus on the food. When really, it's part hormonal. Or it's part neurological. Or maybe due to a connective tissue disease. Or maybe due to diabetes or trauma. The work of Gloria Bachman talks about people who have sexually, who have had sexual abuse, sexual abuse or incest, are more likely to have these pelvic or digestive problems. So you understand that you can't just say, "Tell me about my constipation," because the small intestine is connected to the big intestine. To understand. So, who has a question? I'm not trying to make it nervous because I want you to know that for years, for four years, I drank 
clear liquid. And no one could tell me why my abdomen was distended like that. I was even told by a doctor at Harvard that I needed to do ab exercises. And a lot of women, would t which means you're just too fat and you need to be. When I was thin, I was emaciated. When they cleared me out, I had a six pack. It was only till I went to Mayo Clinic and I saw a natural neurogastroenterologist and I saw all the patients with Parkinson's disease in the clinic and the diabetics that I began to realize that this is, yes, that I began to realize that this is a real hard problem. I've worked with actors, actresses, who in the morning they would go on sets. And you know, actors, to be in the craft, they have to be very controlled about their weight and be very thin because the camera adds 30 pounds on their weight, right? So in the morning, it's very stressful. So in the morning, they're a certain weight. And from scene to scene, they have to look exactly the same. And they get a call, tearful call, that they have to call, stop the shooting. Because by the afternoon, when she's not eating anything, her abdomen is sticking out. She looks pregnant. Like the pictures I posted on the web that no one wanted to look at which is why they couldn't shoot them for the, for, the, for the movie because it made her look unsightly and she would lose her job. So this isn't just cosmetic. Think about it. That individual had a huge history of trauma and she has headaches. So I want you to think about it. It's a neurological problem. It's an endocrinological problem related to progesterone and so on. So who has a question? The phone is now on the hook or whatever we call phones these days, because I don't even know if they have hooks anymore, if you know what I mean. Oh, yes. Susan, how can I be of help? I just pushed on your hand because I'm just like, you know how you do that? You give a person... So I'm asking you to unmute. How can I be of help, Susan P? Hello, hello? is Bonjour. that me? Yes, Susan P. Oh, okay. I can't use your last name because you know what I mean. It would be- I get it. I'm I get cool. it. How can I be of help? Thank you. Okay, I had, um, I don't typically have a lot of gastro issues, but I had a really- interesting scene about a week and a half ago and I'm still kind of having repercussions from that and I'm trying okay to so I'm going to use I'm going to clear up your language because it doesn't sound like you're very good what we call a historian so okay. I'm going to read it back to you okay the other day recently I had a scene <laughs> <laughs> which was incredible mm -hmm. and i'm still having repercussions yes. so when you mm -hmm. said the other day i had uh -huh. a scene i assume that that was a new onset of an event with your digestive tract yes and it was precipitous meaning it was sudden onset yes it was okay instant. okay wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute and you're frozen instance so that meant it was not gradual no. Okay. And then, so there are certain things that you think about when someone has a sudden onset. And then you said, uh -huh. you said, so I'm really listening. I have my listening ears on. So everybody else is listening too, because we're all detectives. Because as you could tell before the show, because we all have, this is why you want to be on this podcast. We all have like a coffee or a tea clatch before this. We have like a secret nights of the uh, circular table conversation. And so we, we were talking about crime TV. Right. So okay. we're all like little investigators, investigator yeah. discovery. Listening and thinking about intuitively what's going on. So all of a sudden, never had really digestive issues. And all of a sudden, bam, you get this. And then it's not over with. 
you get repercussions. It 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 it's like a earthquake, and then you yes. get aftershocks. Correct. Wait a minute. That I'm was, I'm not, wait a minute. That, that's perfect. Let us, let us do our work. Okay. So then, when you <laughs> we paraphrase what you do, we are the intuitive. We're taking our intuition, and we're naming it because your words were vague. If your words were specific about what was going on with you physically and emotionally when this was going on, you would have been able to, number one, know what was going on, but two, be able to identify what may have increased your risk for this because every illness is always in part due to diet, genetic, the environment. For example, see that half a Titanic there? Okay. You have to think about how did that happen? Right. <laughs> Why does she have a half a Titanic on her shelf? I actually posted that. So you can think about why this all of a sudden happened to her out of the blue, which she never previously had digestive problems. And then like an earthquake, I noticed this, you have reverberations afterwards. So the first thing I see is a disruption in the family and uprooting. Okay. And we're still tired about it. And that affected your immune system, bones, joints, and made you susceptible to this. So it tells okay. me that there's something different about a family because families make us feel safe and secure. And that affects our immune system. So that I'm not giving you a diagnosis. So the first thing you do when these things happen is you go to you go to an emergency room. Or you go to your doctor and you get a diagnosis or you get worked up for it. Are you following me? You're looking yes. at me like I have two, uh, two, uh, three eyeballs. Did you do that? No. No, no I didn't. Well, next <laughs> nope. time this happens, are you going to do that? Yes. Yes, yeah. I am. Yes, thank you. Because yeah. okay. I'm, I'm hearing the echoing here because I heard you say, yes, yes, I am. Is that you? <laughs> Your accent changed. It sounded like you were from Queens with like an accent there all of a sudden. So anyway, so you will get that evaluated next time, right? Yes, I will. If, if, it, it's, if it's still bothering you, you will go to the doctor like tomorrow or as soon as possible, I, right? Very good. I Yes, I will. So there was some kind of problem in a family that was like an earthquake and uh that exhausted you and it involved several people and it was traumatizing. These people were at a distance and watching them suffer made you feel very, very uh, upset and depressed and guilty. This has happened before you feel guilty and now it reenacts it. I see the immune set, the cortisol, the stress within 24 to 48 hours makes you more likely to have an overgrowth of bacteria or be susceptible to viruses and bacteria, more bacteria than viruses. I see okay. this situation could be associated with symptoms in your body. So in other words, you could have traveled, many people could have traveled with you, but your distress, the cortisol could make you more susceptible to infections. But where you were, Many people could have eaten the same food and not gotten sick. And your distress about this event in the family could have made you more susceptible to an infection from food or water. What happened in the family? Okay. I got, I have two different scenarios that could have played into this. Both of them that I have thought about. Uh, number one, um, my, um, Bonus children had a little bit of a rearranging. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. As soon as you say this, I got mm -hmm. an intense headache. Okay. Intense. So that yep. tells me. Oh. And then the other scene. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. 
So what you just did was something that was very, very bad. Okay. You just did it again. When you said intense rearrangement, that was not helpful. Because that was like saying um, when there was an earthquake in California that the newscaster came on and said, listen, we just had a bit of a rearrangement in the soil. <laughs> Do you understand? And meanwhile, people are like freaking out. And you go, and you're like writhing in pain here, at which time you have aftershocks day after day. And they get on again and go, now, for those of you who are still upset, it was, let us just say, an intense rearrangement. <laughs> and so those rearranging ground, earth, family, it's just going to take time. But there will be re more rearrangements. And the bonus children is a lovely phrase because it's kind of like when you get a test and you get an A, 100%, then you get more. <laughs> uh -huh. You got more than you bargained for. Mm -hmm. So whenever I get, I fill a juice up, a glass juice, if I get more, it spills over and it's excess. And somehow I, sometimes I cannot handle that bonus because it's excessive. And no bonus always sounds wonderful. It's only good if you can handle it. Right. And it doesn't sound like what happened, that rearranging was easily handleable. Now you're going to tell me in plain English what happened. <laughs> because if you okay. don't take it from your right brain, bring it to your left and name it, I get a headache and you get a writhing of pain in your gut because it happens in the same area. I said it on Instagram Live and Facebook Live that the limbic system, the amygdala, causes an electrical storm that goes to the uncus in the brain and the uncus goes to the small intestine and it it causes like a migraine in the brain and a storm of electricity in your bowel, which okay. is what happened to you. So now we're going okay. to a rearrangement. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. But you're going to tell me again. Give me another word for it that if someone said, oh, Mona Lisa, you just had an electrical rearrangement in your eyes. I'm going to go, really? That was nothing, really. Really? I just thought I was going to faint on live Zoom. I was thinking, what would I do if that happened? Would I have to re-record the whole thing? That's where I'm going as I'm about to pass out. So you're going to tell me in plain English. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to try and nutshell this in, in plain Engl English and, and give you the best synopsis I can. Uh, my bonus children uh, were getting up in the middle of the night and doing things that they should not have been doing. Okay, wait a minute now. Hold on a second. So this pretty much parallels. Were you listening to the beginning of the show when I was talking about? Um, those mothers worrying about their children? Yes. Yes, I Thank was. you. There you go. Yes, I was. Okay. And that yes, it was I always was. the mother's being responsible. And, yes. the, and they feeling guilty. And yes. the kids not so much. Correct. One of them, last night in particular, um, yes. stole a, um, my favorite. This was the one I just watched half of this today when I should have been reading the Torah. But, you know, Yetzahara is evil and Yetzahara is, Yetzahatov is good. And we have to have both in our life in the world to create the world. So I want you to know when they're jumping out the window, you're going to say, you know what? I know there's good in there, but right now, not so much. So get your ass in the house. <laughs> this is what, anyway. So the kid goes, ask the mother, can I have a iPod? This was when they had iPods. This is a little thing that you learn, you listen to music in. And she says, I can't afford it. Cause the mother was living like on welfare. Okay. 
-hmm. if when I was that age, I would go, I wouldn't even ask. We were like, don't even ask. All right. So the mother says, I'm so sorry, I can't. I'm working all these jobs. So the kid goes to school. He comes home. He was so stupid and brazen. I wouldn't have brought it home and listened to it in front of the mother. Oh, no. He comes home and he's sitting there listening to it in front of the mother. Yes. Okay. And no, I know. See how you're lacking. I want you to know this is what's going on. Bonus my ass. That's okay. Bonus. Yeah. Close the door. I close it. Yep. Wave your hand. That's good. And tell him to move away. He <laughs> did. Get the hell out. Good. Get the hell out of there. That's right. Yep. Not right now. <laughs> That's right. Goodbye. Tell him this is yeah. the time you want to jump out the window because I'm busy. <laughs> this is yeah. leave now. So, so the arrogance, the hubris. Yes. He yes. takes the iPod in the house and he listens to it in front of the mother. Yes. So you and I would never do that. No. So this kid does. Oh, no fear. You and I are anxious. We are an anxious yes. brain, and we have ang- we have a capacity to have anger. You must shunt it somewhere else. Me, it's all over the place. So as soon as you felt it, I want you to know. I thought I was going to lose it. Suffice it. I still have it behind the eyes, yes. and so now I got the stomach going. But you know, it makes for a good medical intuitive. I wouldn't have a job. Suffice it to say. So the kids listen in the iPod, and so the mother goes, "Where'd you get that thing?" He said, "A kid gave it to me." So he lies. So, you know, yeah. that's the second thing. He lies. All right. So yeah. you and I are human lie detectors. So, of course, yeah, the hair breaks up on the back of our neck because that's what that's the first toy I ever wanted as a child. You know what I wanted? I wanted a lie detector machine when I was four for our house. I thought we needed one around the house. Most kids want a chatty Kathy doll or a kite. No, I wanted a lie detector machine precocious I was and now what did I become a lie detector so when I knew you were lying to yourself I went no no my body knew it but suffice to say so he lies to her and the thing is is that sociopaths and I'm not saying your kids are I'm just saying those people their autonomic nervous system does not spike an ounce so they can lie on a lie detector machine and it won't show it so gotcha. when I detect a machine, it picks up changes in stomach, blood pressure, and eyes would be going, Woo! we could say, you know, I think you look great in those pants. They do not make you look fat. Woo! Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nope. These people, someone gave it to me as cool as a cucumber, which is why you and I and all the people listening here believe them. And we get digestive problems around them and gain weight or lose weight. So few seconds later, bang, bang, bang on the door. Parents, always sweet, anxiety, digestive looking problems. I'm so sorry to bother you. Apologetic, like you, apologetic with your hands clasped around your midsection. I'm so sorry <laughs> to bother you this evening, but your mm-hmm. son um, took my child's iPod, gave him 20 bucks and one of your checks. Your personal checks. She, he stole one of her checks and gave it to the kid. A blank check, no less. And she looks at her son and goes, did you do that? And he didn't say anything. He, he didn't say anything. Yes. He said, I'm sorry. Right. He right. didn't say I did it. He said, I'm sorry. So he gives him the iPod back and he leaves. He gets mad and said, I didn't do it. He runs upstairs and he jumps out the window. I see the eyebrow go up, jumps out the uh, window, and he says, you can't watch me all day long. You are not the boss of me. So this is my point. Did you say bonus? Yes. They're not. Wait, I know what bonus is. Hey, listen. That means you're not your biological children. When you marry them, your husband is their father, correct? Correct. Correct. I will... There's an echo. There's that echo again. This is my key. The reason why first center is family, that this event caused like an earthquake, a huge foundational change in your family. It erupted the stability in your family. And then what that does is when that happens, it threatens 
it creates a competition. And in um, marsupial mammals, when people are fighting for territory, they get high levels of cortisol and then they get ulcers because cortisol is like steroids and are more likely to get ulcers. You, Missy, are going to get checked. You just bought yourself a trip to the gastroenterologist and you're going to say, I got a sudden onset of pain because you're going to make sure you didn't get gastritis and an ulcer. Okay. Are you following me? Because that's yeah. competition for territory because when that happens, that means there's a struggle in authority because you married their father and there's now they're saying, you're not the parents of me. You're not controlling this house. And they're now testing your authority. And they're asking their father, oh, yeah, it's either her or us. She's not going to discipline us. And that got you right in the gut, Missy. That's why you called them bonus kids. And every time you said that, it was like someone giving me a hot poker in the eye because I knew what that meant. And that's why you felt reverberations because you know that from now on that someone played an ace that forever changed because when that kid jumped out the window it was never the same he stood in his mother's face and he said you are not the boss of me and she said oh yeah i'm going to follow you and she said he said you can't watch me forever so that what you're going to do is you're going to get number one a gastroenterologist number two you're going to join with your husband yeah. with a counselor. Yep. A ca not with the kids in the room. With okay. a counselor. And you're going to discuss this event. And you're going to say, how do we have parameters on the sanctity of our marriage, the safety in our house, and this event? Yeah. We we seem to be on the same page. No, no, no. So when you, no, 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 no. When you say, first of all, if we seem to be on the same page, you wouldn't have gotten the stomach ache and I wouldn't have gotten the headache. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> do you understand? We'll do it There's no scenes. You have to do it in front of another person who can watch okay. this. Do you understand? Okay. Because otherwise, if we seem to be on the same page, why would we, meaning you, seem to be still getting reverberations in your abdomen? Okay. Because if we seem to be on the same page, I would have heard that guy say to his kids, hey, enough. This will not be happening or you will be joining the army in Siberia where I hear it's very lovely this time of year without boots. Got it? Now apologize to your bonus mother. <laughs> okay. Did you get it? I, and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and he should say, but I love you more than my love yes. but this mm -hmm. behavior not so much right now go gotcha. on and say i apologize and mean it uh -huh. please don't think i'm being mean i don't i love your show i love your honesty it's great you're always spot but on also every you, single time. but if they come up to you you can say you know what i'm not your mother yeah but i can tell you what hurt me most about this is that it didn't show you in your best light. Right. I know you're capable of greatness. And this is not your greatest. And then say, what are we having for dinner? I thought we were going to have roast orangutan. <laughs> right. and that doesn't make any sense. And I'll go, I know, I know. It doesn't make a sense. Thank you so much. I'm going to see you, you next you. week again. You Thank take you. it easy. I love you people. Have a great Thanks. week. You take it easy. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thanks. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us 
and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.